Welcome back to the another fire take where we've got the TNT takes for you on Australian Survivor Blood versus Water and we're looking at this week episode 13 and episode 14 and I am joined here by a man who you know as a woodchopper champion a world champion that is um, and one of the strong men for Australian Survivor last season Gerald thank you for uh, making it to the podcast especially with everything that's been going on over in uh, Queensland close to Kilroy you've just explained to me you guys have been hit pretty hard I really appreciate you taking the time to make this happen and jump on a call with us. Um, we've got Gerald coming back in now. We're, so we're back. Like we're having <laughs> I uh, didn't take a screenshot. problems here in Queensland. <laughs> Chad, Chad was asking if I just took a screenshot of you just to pretend like you were actually going to make it on the on the show because you were frozen on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably what it was. You know, I couldn't talk, so I saved myself from digging myself any holes. <laughs> now Gerald, we're very we're very thankful i was just telling chat everything that's been going on over in kilroy we're very thankful to have you um with us today and taking the time while there's been you know a lot of flooding happening on that side and you know obviously it would have affected a lot of people around that area so we really appreciate you um coming on the show to to talk about this season um you know Obviously, last season, you were a part of it. This season, you're getting the opportunity to sit back and, and watch other people go through the craziness of Australian Survivor. What has it been like to to be a fan this time and not a, a player? Oh, look, what a season. It's been an absolute cracker so far. It's, uh, oh, watching this season, hindsight is 2020. I tell you what, watching it after having been out there and being able to watch a fresh season of Survivor, and see new guys. Oops, we're gonna we're gonna have some issues again here tonight with him. So it, I don't know how how often we're gonna actually have him on here. And also, Jake is not with us tonight. Um, sadly, couldn't make it. I think it would have been two a.m. in the morning for him to jump on if he did make it. So um, not not the not the idealist of times for him to jump in um, on this. But I think it's like again, it's been a great. I guess week for us here with Australian Survivor, um, with the merge happening, a lot of excitement seeing people play together that didn't play together for such a long period of time. Um, you know, Mark and Sam, obviously the biggest storyline of the week. I you really don't know get... anything about walk in there the same as what we did. Uh... <laughs> I don't know if we've got Gerald on here or not. He might still be having some real connection issues here. Gerald, can you hear me? Hmm. I, I do think we still have some issues with him, but like I said, I really want to get Gerald's views um, on the whole di dynamic between playing this game as an individual versus playing it with a loved one and seeing a lot of the issues that, um, you know, Sam and Mark went through having very different game plans this week, I think was probably the, the biggest talking point of the week. Um, and I'm really excited to get him. <laughs> oh God, this is going to be as big as the train wreck as brains versus brawn. Um, yeah, well, let's let's see what happens. Let's see if we can get him back on. I I don't know what connection he's on over there at the moment. Yeah, hopefully the connection does improve. Otherwise, the the alternative is that we we reschedule this for another time, and I try and and get him back on because I really want to hear from Gerald. It's been a long time in the making to get him on the show as well. Um, after mispronouncing his name twenty to twenty five times in the original season that he played in to actually have him on the show has been uh, pretty good. And I, I couldn't make it for the interview that he did with Riley last season, sadly. So uh, I've been looking forward to talking to him here this season. 
What has been the biggest um, talking points for you guys this week? I'm sort of wondering. For me, I think I had the top five out for you guys this week. Um, also, probably a good time to let you guys know that I have officially received the buff that I'm going to be giving away as soon as we had 500 subscribers here on the channel. It's the merge buff for last season. As you can see, still has... Um, packaging and everything it hasn't been used yet so uh, hoping we can get there pretty soon i know we're closing in on 300 subscribers uh i'm just getting a message now from him at the same time the 60k reward that khan one was a very interesting one um marcus i i do agree with that it was interesting to see that much money being given away um, it was very interesting to, to see that much money getting uh, being given away, uh, you know, and, and just a normal challenge, I think, um, for me. So what did you guys think about that? You know, if you were out there, would you have, oh, we've got, we've got you back. I'm back. I have run 200 meters to mom and dad's to steal their Wi-Fi and uh, <laughs> yes. I'm back. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed this time we don't lose you. Uh, the connection already looks a lot better. <laughs> oh well that's that's a plus <laughs> you know what i'm I'm just assisting you in your wood chopping training for the wimbledon in two months or a month and a half that's from now. It. Just I, I you. needed to go for a run in the road that was glorious <laughs> <laughs> getting you to run around in the house but no i appreciate you coming back and uh, making it happen because i know everybody in the the live stream is really excited to have you here um and hear your takes on the season you you started talking about the anxiety you know obviously that probably hasn't helped tonight struggling to get on the podcast has probably added to your anxiety <laughs> but you know you've talked about the fact that you you know it's, it's, it's added to your anxiety now watching this season play out having been on the show before and knowing a lot of the behind the scenes and probably knowing that a lot of things get edited out what has it been like to be a fan this season and watch the show oh absolutely awesome hey it is an absolute cracker and hindsight is 2020 being able to watch all them other guys walk in there the same as we did, not knowing what they were walking into, except for a few, then Mark and Sam and uh, and Sandra as well, who it really stands out that they've been there. And you can really tell that uh, yeah. now, once I've been there, you can tell that they know. And the information that they have and their situational awareness around everything is just second to none compared to everyone else and it stands out so much after you've been there who's who's impressed you 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 mentioned a couple of people you know that have played the game before like mark sam andy you know sandra all going back to play the game again who's impressed you from uh, the newbies that have played this season that you thought man these these guys or girls they, they're really getting it very quickly and and they haven't got that experience of having played before Oh, I, I think that after his uh, stumble, Dave has really stood out. He's picked up his composure, stepped back, and uh, played from the middle, still being strong in challenges, and he's going along really, really well. Yeah, he's got a nickname. I mean, you know, normally only the, <laughs> the players that are some of the greats in the game, they get nicknames when they're on the show, and, you know, everybody's calling him Juicy Dave. I don't think anybody really knows the full story behind that yet. No, no, not everyone. There's only a select few that know that story, I think, and uh, we'll keep that under our hats. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a trade secret. It's being held tightly secret, but even more, more so as a secret than the Coca-Cola recipe on how to make Coke. You know, nobody's going to exactly. Let anybody it's one of those on. inside jokes. They're just, it's a <laughs> running joke, and everyone looking at it from the outside has no idea. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, you've played this game before and, and, and Dave is a great example of someone that got dragged into this thing that was I don't think he was a fan necessarily of the show. His daughter, Brianna, was the fan and she dragged him in to go play this game with, with her and now he's playing the game on his own and having to learn how to play the game. So I do agree. Very impressive for someone that had not that much of a background or a history with the show to be able to make it as deep into the game as he's been able to to make it here. Um, but, you know, looking at your own case, if you were out there to play a season such as this, how difficult do you think it would be, you know, compared to having played your own season where you only had to worry about yourself? You know, you, you made bonds on the game there, but it's not the same as blood when you're out there. Wow. Mate, blood versus water is just a minefield. It is like stepping into the middle of a war zone from day one because you've got someone else out there that's trying to have your back, but by trying to have your back, they're putting a target on your back. <laughs> and it just, yeah, I am so glad that I did not have blood versus water. Yeah, I, I, I've got to be honest with you, obviously, as a, as a long time big fan of Survivor, having watched over 50 seasons of the US, Survivor South Africa, you know, Australian Survivor, I've always wanted to play the game. But the one season I've always said, like, I mean, if, if the call comes, you probably take it. But the one season I would not want to play is Blood versus Water. It's like the, the worst theme, because I know my brother and my sister, I know what they're like, you know, uh, my sister would outplay me and win the game. And my brother would just get my head on the chopping block because he'd be too outspoken and wouldn't know when to shut up absolutely and you know the funniest thing is i've had this conversation with my sister gina uh, on multiple occasions watching this season about how if we me and her ended up on this season what it would end up like and she keeps bringing up about when we were in school and her first day in high school and she rolled into her mathematics class with uh, a certain mathematics teacher that i had and she walked into the classroom and sits down and he starts reading off the roll and of course gets to her dead last because of our last name. We're always last for everything. And he reads it. He's like, Gina Yules, you're Gerald's sister, aren't you? You're sitting outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think it like, again, it just brings that extra complexity. And like, for me, you know, it was interesting seeing people like we saw two people vote out, family in this season already you know you you had yeah. um you know kj voting out sophie which i was surprised at because they look very tight in real life and you had um nina vote out sandra which i was less surprised of because i mean you expect that from that family they're they're american yeah. you know so americans are a little bit more corporate in their mindset and now they do business um but i was really shocked that we saw that in such quick succession you know if you were out there would you have been able to to write your sister like i mean i know it's hard not having played the game to sit here in the side and, and i wouldn't want to be in their position but would you be able to do that how difficult do you think that would be for people to go up against their family and write their names down oh mate, it's got to be hard because it's it's basically voting someone out of your alliance even though they're not necessarily in it and it's someone that you know should have your back but i mean it's such a situational thing hey you're just gonna wait until you're in that moment and see what the time brings and it is just one of the toughest things that you you would have to deal with in this game is whether to vote out someone that you think will have your back or not. And it's like a normal game except amplified to 10. It's nuts. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you you probably have that conversation with your um, partner, whoever's going out there with you, and you say, listen, if it comes down to do you give me permission uh, or something like that, um, and if they're smart, they say no. <laughs> I don't give you permission <laughs> yeah. to vote me out under any circumstances. <laughs> but um, listen, uh, Gerald, obviously in your season, we had the merge episode happen and we had Kez voted out um and and there was a bit of betrayal that happened there it was a, a bit of a heated moment obviously for you guys losing a valuable yeah. um, alliance member but she got voted out because she had an idol and in this episode you know we we see a little bit more of people knowing where idols are at we we know geordie knows where mark's idol is at we see him explain to josh later on that mark has got an idol and also we see khan with an idol and winning the sixty thousand dollar reward which just continues to amplify this target on his back. What did you think of Khan playing as hard as he did at, for that $60,000? You know, um, obviously it's tough to say no to money when it's on the table and there's 13 players still left in the game. Can't blame him too much for it. But, you know, strategically, do you, where where did Khan go wrong? Because he sat on that idol for so long. Oh, mate. First of all, that challenge with that money reward, nuts, nuts. Having a challenge with that turn up, with a monetary reward in the middle of Survivor, that is just mental. Especially that amount is just monumental. Yeah. But, um, oh, look, Khan did amazing in that challenge. Like, he absolutely killed it. Like, that challenge was brutal. And mm. he aced it against some really, really tough competitors that are out there to win. And they're, they're there trying their absolute hardest. And some of them are seasoned athletes. Like, you got to take your hat off to him uh, for him to be able to do that. But the thing about that challenge is it was worse placed in the season for the players than the car wasn't out. Being right there at merge, that was that's a really tricky situation. Um, I know going into merge when we merged in my season, that first challenge after merge. I actually dropped out of it first because I, I was like, I need to really sit back here and not make myself look like that big target right out of the gate because you're coming in with so many people that you don't know again that might have heard something. Uh, it's like the very first challenge of the season all over again when no one knows who's going who or who's going where. And you're looking for those threats and you've got to be so careful. Um, but... Again, it's 60000 bucks. Do you sit back and just let it slip between your fingers? Uh, That's tough. I, I think he played it well, but he just couldn't see the situation that, that was around him to be able to play the idol. He, he should have played it, um, especially after winning it straight up and knowing he'd been a target for a while. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it's really easy for us to sit back and watch it, especially myself after being out there and being able to see What's going on there and those situations around it and the conversations that are happening with people. Yeah. Uh, it just it enlightens you so much as to what's going on. Hey? Listen, I know, like, I mean, on this podcast, whenever I sp speak to any of my co-hosts, we always say we can only judge you based on the edit. We can't judge you as a person and we can't judge what we don't know. And there's a lot that we don't know. <laughs> and on all of these episodes, you know, and I think yeah. Khan felt a certain level of safety within his alliance with Sam. You know, he, he in that previous episode, um, gave her the immunity necklace as a show mm -hmm. of 
trust. I mean, which I thought was a crazy move to begin with, you know, but yeah. he, he, he ended up doing that, which I don't know if I could have had the courage to do that, but he was kind of cornered a little bit and bad on JLP, by the way, for cornering him and making him stick to that promise when, you know, Sam fell out. She didn't really even accept that um, deal to begin with. Did no, you I think that, JLP was, I did that was great on JLP. I reckon that was great. <laughs> if someone makes a promise, you make them stick to it. Like, whether they did it or not, if they say it out loud, if it happened on TV, it happened. That was yeah. the one thing that we all always talked about. Remember, if it happens on TV, it happens. If it didn't, it didn't. So for it to be able to come on TV, power to JLP. You push that sucker home. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, did, did JLP ever do anything like that to you or your alliance while you were out there where he was being a bit cheeky and pushed you guys in the corner? Uh, there was little tidbits, but not as much as that. I don't think anyone uh, in ERs, not while I was there, there was certain instances afterwards uh, with uh, Haley and that immunity challenge and, and saying she was going to give up the necklace and, and stuff like that. But no one really went out and stepped out enough to say something that was going to dig himself enough of a hole. We'd had that, well, especially in my lines, we'd had that conversation so many times that don't step out and say something that's going to dig yourself a hole because we're going to end up in a world of hurt. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've you've got to play the game and you've got to play the man and JLP himself and try and yeah. maneuver around it because he's going to try and make a good TV show at the end of the day. Um, so I do agree yeah. with you. Uh, well done there. Chris Dixon in the chat asks if you knew who Khan was before he played the game because apparently Khan is um, very famous in Australia. Obviously, he's played, I think oh, it was MasterChef, right? MasterChef, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew Khan. Uh, I mean, not personally, but I certainly yeah. knew who he was. Yeah. Uh, so it was interesting seeing him go out there. It wasn't, it certainly wasn't somewhere I was expecting Khan to pop up. Uh, mm. I didn't really think that he would uh, go down that track after watching him on MasterChef before. I'd, yeah, it wasn't really the direction I saw his uh, TV personality going in, but he stepped up to the plate, mate. He's had a cracker run through this game, even though he was uh, first into Jury Villa. What a stellar run he had up to that point. Mm. Just sidestepped around all them tribals, ducked and weaved his way out without even playing that line, let him all of them votes. Great. Great. I, I agree. I agree. And as, as a fan, I like fans always have their favorites, right? They, they can't help but say, oh, you know, I like to shout for, for this or that person. Last season, I was a bit of a, a George fanboy. I couldn't help it because he brought so much drama to the show and I really enjoyed it. This season, I really like Khan and Chrissy. Uh, both of them, I think Chrissy is still in the game now. Khan also just brought so much to the show. And, and it's interesting you mentioned that you didn't think he was going to tr have a trajectory as a TV personality into the show because I had no preconceived ideas of him i've never watched masterchef in australia at all so you know for me he was brand new on my screen as a survivor player so i only judge them based on what i saw on this show um, i've got a question for you though because it's kind of relevant to to this whole thing and what khan did next you know uh, what's what's next for gerald would you uh, put your hand up for the challenge australia if you were asked uh, to go out there have you got any interest to participate in another reality tv show that's got to do with athleticism for instance yeah oh right survivor again or the challenge or any of those sort of uh tv shows or games challenges where you can really push yourself right up my alley any day of the week yeah. i would have a crack at any of those and i think that'd be a, a great thing to do i actually seen a new one that was casting 
not so long ago that I was really upping and ahhing whether to throw my name in the ring for called The Bridge. I don't know if you've oh, okay. heard about it. There's one yeah. coming out in the States, and it's a cross between Survivor and uh, kind of like a building challenge. It's 30 days in the Tasmanian wilderness, 12 people with a monetary reward at the end. They've got to build a bridge 300 metres across this lake, but at the same time, play through smaller challenges and vote people out like Survivor. It's, that would have been an interesting one. I actually, now that you mention it, I've seen something similar to that pop up in the UK. I think it was the first time they had um, a reality show like that where they had to build something to the middle of a lake was in the UK. And it might be an offshoot or uh, something that they're doing based on on that show. But um, the reason I bring up the challenge, because on this podcast, we do do a lot of challenge content. I don't know if you even know what the challenge is, if you've seen that before at all. Um, yeah, you look like you know. Snippet. I haven't, I haven't watched it. I know, I know that there is. A season or two out there in the states that they've been through, and uh, I've certainly been interested, but I haven't watched it yet. I have to admit that, but yeah. uh, I've seen snippets on on the net, and yeah. I'll point you in the right direction. We'll we'll chat offline about it. I'll point you in the right yeah. direction in regards to what you need to look out for. If you ever if you ever wanted to go that way, I wouldn't be surprised to see some former Australian survivors be on the Challenge Australia because the way that they sort of pitched it was that it's former reality TV stars from Australia that will compete in it. And I don't know if the casting for that has started yet or, or anything, but I'm putting it on your radar. I wouldn't mind seeing you on that. Um, Jimmy here is saying that he would like to see you on The Amazing Race. Is that something you would do? Yeah, no. Funny, funny, the amazing race. Uh, so I actually got cast or almost cast for our season of Survivor 12 months before our season actually happened. Uh, and it all got cancelled because of COVID. Uh, and about six months after it had got cancelled, uh, the casting was actually up for the Amazing Race Australia, the season that has been where it was completely around Australia. Yeah. Uh, and me and my sister actually put in for that because I didn't know what was going on Survivor. It had just all been canned the whole lot. We didn't know anything, didn't know what was happening, didn't know if it was happening again. Uh, and we actually cast for that and got to uh, the first round of, uh, of interviews there. Uh, and, yeah, so that would also be a bit of a challenge, I guess, or a different direction. But I yeah. it's, I don't, I don't think it's as much of a push as Survivor is. Survivor is one of those real tests on your body, mind, and uh, and your general personal beliefs, and I really like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the the psychology behind Survivor. Yeah. I mean, the Khan dilemma, should I go for the 60,000? Should I not go for it? Um, you know, you've got Marcus here in the chat set that that's more than what the runner-up will ever get, so why not go for it if you're in that much? I don't know what the runner-up gets. You know, I'm not going to put uh, you on the spot. The runner-up but... in Australia gets zip. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that's more than anyone else gets on the show except for the winner. <laughs> So, so truth be told, if any of us were out there, we would have been gunning for it as well, you know. So, hats off to Khan for, for for winning this challenge, like you said, against some seasoned people. Um, some of the interesting things that happened here was that in this merge, Geordie lets it slip to Sam that Mark's got an idol before Mark gets the opportunity to talk to Sam about it. And I found it quite strange that uh, Mark didn't tell her earlier and kept yeah. her sort of on a on a string. Now I know that Sam has brought up her own post on Instagram. 
explaining that a lot of the disagreements between them, that's just what happens in a marriage. You know, a lot of people, obviously, they, they go to the extreme when they watch these shows because they really want to, I don't know, people, I don't know what they see in this, but people were saying things they shouldn't be saying online. You know, obviously, Sam and Mark are very happy. They've got a kid together. Um, it just so happened he didn't tell her immediately, and they weren't always on the same page here. Um, what yeah. did you think of this? You know, I guess it was a big talking point this week, the whole relationship between Mark and Sam getting together at the merge and having very different plans on how they wanted to run this game. Yeah, look, going into that merge, they were completely separated. It was two completely different games with completely different people and completely different directions. And that clashed head on. Uh, and it's so hard when, when them two opposing sides came together that had their own alliances, those alliances, they know each other. They don't want to mesh. The same thing happened on my season when, when we merged and all of us uh, from the Brains 2.0 tribe plus Flick and uh, maybe Danny and Chelsea uh, were going to stick strong. and We didn't want anything to do with the former Brains because we didn't know them. We knew our alliance and when it happened. And it's so hard to make that mesh because if you get to be seen to making that mesh and, and talking to them, you're colluding with the enemy. And all of a sudden, your name's on the top of your block. So you've got to really tread lightly around all that stuff. But you can see in Mark and Sam that they've been on there before and they are really trying to read the situation around them and do a cracking job of it. And it really stands out that they have been there. And the amount of gameplay that they're doing around everyone else and compared to everyone else is second to none uh, it's, at the moment. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up because it's one of the reasons why I don't, I'm not a fan of bringing previous players in with new players at all. It's not, it's not something I in general enjoy watching. I'm very happy that Sam and Mark yeah. is on there because I actually did enjoy them even in their original season when they went out pretty early. Um, but I've always felt that, you know, returning players have got such an advantage. It's why I personally don't like fans versus favorites as well, because the favorites will always dominate the fans, um, but they've just got yep. that experience, you know, which is interesting to see. And um, I know you probably don't have visibility of this on your screen currently, but um, myself and Jake, we, been doing a little bit of points that we've been giving to players each week in regards to how they're tracking and who we think mm -hmm, the best mm -hmm. players are and to give you an idea here mark has got a total of 30 points out of a possible 40 um sam has got 20 out of 40 which is the second player yeah. so he's literally a third ahead of them and that's yeah so so, so the closest massive. current player the closest current player that is still in the game right now is Jesse to those two. Um, Jesse is 10 out of 40 uh, and then followed by Josh, which is, I think, 9 out of 40 um, with how the points have been distributed. So it just gives you a really good indication as to how much myself and uh, Jake at this point have believed that Mark and Sam, it's going to be either one of them ultimately that will probably win this season just based on um, the way things have been going. Yeah. And, and also the, the edit plays into that massively, obviously. Definitely, definitely. And I think uh, those stats really support uh, the way that you can see it panning out in the game. Uh, according to that, like Mark is 200% above Jesse, and that is exactly what it looks like. And that's exactly what it should be because he's got 100% more knowledge, and so does Sam. And Sam's 100% above Jesse. And, I mean, mate, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's dead in the water to me. Uh, 
at the moment, the gameplay and, and what they're seeing. And you can see it. Sandra, perfect example, going through the game. You can just see her sitting back and she knew every situation as it was happening. She's been there that many times. Like, mm. I've only been there once and I can see it happening. I can only imagine how much you can read the situation when you've been there five times. Like, that's just yeah. nuts. That's nuts. Yeah, like when, you, when you're like a Boston Rob or a Sandra yeah. and you've been there that many times. You know, Sandra was dead, dead woman walking when she came in the season. They were never going to let her get on the game. I was but... surprised she got as far as what she did without people voting around, especially with returning players who knew who she was. Yeah. I was. I was watching from the start and I was like, she's got to be first boot. Like, for sure, everyone's just going to turn around and beat her. And I was, I thought she did awesome to get to where she did in the game without being voted out and to be able to swing a couple of them votes back around. And how did you feel around. about, um, how did you feel like, firstly, what was your take on Nina, her daughter this season, and how she played? And then, secondly, you know, JLP sort of putting her in the cast for the next All Stars tour already by saying, we'll see you back. Yeah, well, that's it. Nina uh, is really the enigma. Hey, she's. Not a newbie that hasn't played, but she has all the information at her disposal. And that is key. She sat back and she's had Sandra sitting there the whole time for all these 20 years, pointing out every little tidbit in every episode because Sandra already knew and it showed. It showed so much. She had almost as much situational awareness as what Sandra did and what Mark and Sam does, even though she hadn't been there. And it really tells. And it's, it's the small things, hey, that you pick up yeah. on once you've been there. Them little cues that happen not from JLP, from other players, from all kinds of things that stand out so much once you know what they are. Now, while we're talking about this, how much do you think this Boys Alliance um, has Sandra to credit for galvanizing them because she gave them advice to say, you know, as soon as the strong don't stick together, the weak will always outnumber you and they will vote you out one by one. And I think it scared the boys that much out there that they've decided to create this first ever Australian you know, alpha male alliance that have sort of come together here and they've been sticking strong. Do you think that, you know, what Sandra said, they they really took that on board? And do you agree with that strategy? I mean, you've been a, a bit of a, an alpha guy yourself. You've been there with people like Emmett and Simon mm -hmm. and all of you guys struggled last season to to to, to really get a footing in the game um, and to make it all the way to the end. Uh, do you think that, you know, having Sandra out there has helped them and has pushed them in that direction and made them aware that they need to stick together? Oh, 100%. And I think the information really, really resonated with them, guys, especially with having Mark there as well, to be able to pick up on those tidbits we're talking about and reinforce it through everyone else uh, in that alliance, to be able to push that point home that we need to really stick strong. If we stick strong, we're going top six. Nothing anyone can do to stop us. And that was the same plan that that uh, I was running with with myself and Kez, Emmett, uh, Flick, and we were that, that strong alliance. We had that power where we were there. If George hadn't flipped on us, it would have been the same sort of thing. It just wasn't six, six guys. Uh, but that extra information that Sandra gave them uh, and everyone knowing Sandra's history, uh, once it had obviously been to explain to the people that didn't know who she was when they walked on, uh, I, I think everyone was like, 
we probably need to listen here because we're going to get something out of this that's really going to help us, even though it's not necessarily directed at us. If we listen enough, we're going to hear something. Yeah. Now, one of the interesting things here for me in this week is that obviously Mark in this conversation, he wins out against Sam. Sam tries really hard to keep Khan in the game. She tries to keep her alliance members there. Um, and we get her explaining afterwards that she basically has lost all agency in the game now. Um, and Mark is really the person who's controlling their their fate in the game. Um, how much does this hurt? You know, we've spoken a lot about Mark. I think Mark is in the driver's seat. I don't think anybody disputes that this is a, a great direction for him to go and to potentially win this season how much is this now affecting sam and what do you think sam's game plan needs to be moving forward so that she could also gain a little bit of agency and potentially respect if she does sit next to mark in the end yeah sam is in a really precarious situation here she was in a really strong position moving into merch and mark has played his uh position really well where he's ended up in that strong uh, majority and they're going to stay together now and he's had to use that majority to leverage himself further in the game whether it was Sam's detriment or not which I think at the moment it probably is I, I think that Sam is really going to be in trouble here because as we were just saying I, I think that six man uh, male alliance is really really tight and they're going to find it really hard to bring Sam into the fold uh, at the mm. moment uh, as we've seen with uh, with Ben not talking to to Sam much throughout their other votes, and, and Josh the same, uh, and I think that that's going to keep pushing forward. Hey, uh, yep. so for Sam right now, I think that she's got to really try and play almost the George character and try to infiltrate that. I think is about her only move at the minute. Uh, if she doesn't, I think she's in a lot of trouble at the minute. But yeah, and yeah, I was going to ask. You know, Mark George, there. I was just going to ask. I was, yeah, I was just going to ask. Obviously, George didn't have his sister in the game there with him. That anything he would have done in the game would have negatively affected her. Do you think that's going to keep Sam potentially loyal to Mark and going down his direction just because she doesn't want to hurt him? I mean, they do share a bank account at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that they're going to be trying to work together at some point, but I think that anything that she does at that, this point that uh, that isn't in the best interest of that whole male alliance is going to be to Mark's detriment as well as her own, uh, which I think leaves her in a really, really bad position. It leaves her right on the bottom of that six-man alliance, and there's not much of her alliance left uh, either, uh, with Mel going and and Khan going, I think it's it's struggle street over there for poor old Sam. Yeah. Um and it's interesting because Sam's closest alliance member is Jesse and Jesse's brother Jordy is so ingrained within that boys alliance as well that, you know, she looks at Mark for potentially trying to do something different and he doesn't want to do it. Then she runs off to Jesse to say, Mark's not listening to me. But then Jesse also calms her down because it's also in Jesse's interest for her to work with his brother Jordy. So she really doesn't have almost, I feel like, any options now unless she completely turns her back on her closest alliance member and also her husband in the game, which I wouldn't want to be Sam in this game I think the chips have fallen really badly for her but she would probably be very happy if Mark 
I feel like if Mark or her wins, it's a win for both of them. And that's how they came into the season thinking if either one of us wins, it's really a win for both. And and I think that there is a good chance, like you said, if they stay strong, that they can get there. The one issue though, Gerald, that I see potentially for Mark, um, I've given Mark a lot of points. I've, I've been very high in his game throughout the whole season, but I've been really worried about Mark's awareness when it comes to Jordy because he trusts Jordy a little bit too much in the game. Jordy yeah. has shown that he wants to betray Mark. He knows about the idol. He's told Joss about that. Um, Mark is now not aware that that information is leaking. Um, you know, what? Yeah, I think Jordy is the snake in the grass is what I'm trying to get at. I feel like he's the true yeah. George this season, but he's a restrained yeah, George. Well, I don't know about it. Yeah, I don't know about a true George. He's more of a George Minor, I think. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he, he's definitely playing that same sort of agent uh, that's sort of trying to dribble that information across the lines and, and see where it ends up, see what uh, he can push forward and what other moves he can force out of the other side that are going to benefit him. Uh, and it's a really precarious situation to be him for himself as well because, like George, if you get found out, oh, there's a world of hurt coming. Uh, hmm. But... Again, if you play it right, it can take you far. But you've got to make sure that no one knows. And that's the that's the biggest part, hey? Yeah, the interesting thing for me this week was seeing um, Jordy, I guess, disclose this information to Josh. And Josh talking to, to Jordan um, afterwards and saying, like, listen, we need to stay with Mark because, you know, Mark is a loyal guy. We don't fully trust Jordy. And if he can do this to Mark, he can do this to any of us. So it does look like Josh seems to be a very stand-up and loyal guy, someone that wants to work with his alliance. Um, what have you thought of Josh's gameplay? Because to me, it looks like Josh has probably had more agency than what we as viewers have seen. I think he's one of those guys that probably after the season will tell us a lot about how you ran the pre-merge section of the game but we ne never saw it on the camera yeah a hundred percent so josh's game through here he's been a lot more vocal than what we've seen a hundred percent and there was people on our season that were the same and it happens every time in every season that you can see it but we never actually physically see it and i think it's a shame and you know khan would be able to tell us about this that hmm. i really think that survival should be more like MasterChef. Like, here on Survivor, we have 24 episodes, and we try and cram three full days into every single episode. And that is, uh, just, it makes me so, so sad because we miss out on so much important information, and yeah. no one even realizes what happened. I, I keep saying, I've said it so many times, that on our season, out of, the 30 most enjoyable moments and most memorable moments that happened out there, I reckon we've probably seen two that I would have named out of 30 oh. on our season. And it's it's rough. Um, and MasterChef, though, I've got like 80 episodes, 82 episodes or something. Why couldn't we do that? Why don't we, why don't we even make it a 48-episode show where we have every day as an episode? I mean, that'd be a cracker. But, yeah. Uh, well, I reckon I reckon there's a lot of behind the scenes footage that they leave on the cutting floor that you know they could put on t uh, ten play you know on ten play go see the extras. There's yeah. a lot of in the US they put uh, and even that won't do it justice. But I know in the in the US they do put hidden scenes up for people to go watch, so you see more things that happen on the island. But I think that. 
there's definitely a market there. Like the big fans of the show have been asking for it for a very long time. I think where they probably will find it hard is that at the each at the end of each episode, we expect the result. We want to see a vote out, you know? And I think that's yeah. what makes it hard because I don't know how many people will want to see a whole episode just lead up to the reward challenge or a whole episode leading up from a reward challenge to an immunity challenge. I think therein lies the issue that the producers have got on the show. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it'd be great to have, like, unlike the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy, one of them extended cut movies where it's like double the length. All the yeah. cut scenes that actually make a lot of sense in the whole storyline. But you had no idea. And when they were cut out, you were like, oh, well, that's a, that's, that uh, episode went well. That movie was great. And then you see the whole lot and you're like, ah, I didn't even know that was missing. But, oh, my God, it makes everything make so much more sense. The yeah. light. It's unreal. But you've also got to wonder, Gerald, like how much does the edit need to show the winner in a positive light? And does it take away from the winner and them deserving to win in the fans' eyes by showing, for instance, in this season, you know, if Josh was seen to be the true person pulling a lot, I'm not saying that he was. Like, I think Mark has done a lot as well. And we spoke about mm -hmm. that in the recaps. Um, everything that Mark is doing well, they're showing. But, you know, Josh probably is going to be one of those great players that's going to go away from here. And people won't fully appreciate how much he did before the merge and how he galvanized the alliance as well how he you know when we saw nina talk about who's truly running that alliance she said josh is the person running it i want to be close to josh those are little snippets that we saw before the merge um and we've got chris dixon here in the chat saying that josh reminds him of you the most this season um which is to be a player that's got a uh, that doesn't have the full edit but is in the middle of the majority alliance so do you see that similarities when you look at Josh or, or who do you yeah. think playing the closest game on the edit that, that because obviously the edit and the way that the person plays two different things, I guess. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, it's funny. Right before Chris said that in the chat just then, uh, I was literally thinking that myself. I'm like, you know, we're talking about this and this reminds me an awful lot of myself, but I hate to toot my own trumpet, but I, I think it was a lot like that. I, I believe, Personally, and again, this is a speculation because it didn't happen on TV, but I believe I had a lot more say in a lot more of what went on than what got shown. Uh, mm. And I think a lot of the other players also say, I don't know how they found so much footage of Gerald saying nothing because all he does is talk. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think there are a lot of similarities between myself and Josh, and it's going to be really interesting to hear his take on it afterwards. And I, I really look forward to being able to have some chats with him about what went on behind the scenes and what the real moves were in some of those uh, days that we've seen, because it's so interesting. Uh, looking, even looking back at our season, some of those uh, votes and days and chats after challenges, before immunity and uh, all those uh, discussions that were had, I believe, were the smallest little tidbits of the discussions that were had out of the whole hours of talking. There might have only been five or ten minutes of chat about what got shown compared to three hours of chat about everything else that was happening in alliances and, and whatnot that we didn't see uh, mm. that, that make the whole story make so much more sense and what's happening behind the scenes make so much more sense as to where people are sitting in those alliances where people are making moves, where people are trying hard in challenges and where they're not. Uh, that if you knew those small little bits here and there, it would make so much more sense in the, in the big scheme of things rather than yeah. just having no idea 
and then all of a sudden someone's either gone or they're making a massive movement on top of the uh, the whole alliance and tribe, uh, it'll make so much more sense in the long run, knowing those little bits and pieces that only yeah. you only know if you're going to yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, I think at the end of the day, it's interesting because you get a lot of fans that get very vocal about these things online and will go off at people for making certain decisions without fully understanding the context. You know, obviously, yeah. um, I kind of alluded to it earlier, you know, Sam and Mark got a little bit of, uh, Mark probably more so got a little bit of flack this week for the fact that he did what was best for him in his game, um, you know, and, and made the moves that he needed to make to get which in my mind is going to take him to the end. You know, he, he made those yeah. moves. Um, there's other players, obviously, that sometimes get a little bit of heat as well. As someone that has gone through a season, you know, having to deal with the fans, you know, they're very passionate. They, they, they're they either very much with you or against they you. Really but, but you seem to be someone that takes everything in its stride and fans have really turned around on you because you can make light of any situation and you get involved. I mean, you even gave me a little bit of stick uh, the other <laughs> week for not including you in a fan casting, which I, I, I love the back and forth there. Um, but but how do you deal with fans? Or what's your advice for, to to these players that are playing this season that might be feeling like they're not getting the love? Yeah, look, going into our season, we were warned by producers that Survivor fans are full on. And as I said, as, as a fan of the game, I've watched a fair bit of Australian Survivor, i.e. all of it, uh, leading up to our season uh, and in the past when it was on. And I'd never really been into the social media fan side of Survivor until about, well, when I was started to get cast uh, 12 months before our season. And you, <laughs> they are full on. And you really have to be able to exactly what you said, make light of it, have fun of it. I love calling your fans and just making making light of it and someone will say something that's completely ridiculous and just a completely ungrounded uh, accusation about what's going on out there. <laughs> I just look at some of them and I'm like, I'm not even sure how you got to that conclusion, but power uh, to you, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're filling in those bits that we've never seen. I'm not sure where you found that information that it, what little piece of your mind it came out of, but uh, it makes for a good story. So, <laughs> but it's uh, it's really interesting looking at yeah, the fan um, perspective. So you've got to just have fun with it, have fun with the fans because at the end of the day, they're only sitting back and watching what gets shown to them, uh, and you've got to understand that and be able to have fun with it and know that if you give with most people, if you give them a little snippet inside small little bites of what actually happened they can put two and two together and make five uh without actually saying anything so i, I think that that's the best way i've found around everything that i just allude to things in a very roundabout way and people can mm. put the pieces together without me actually saying it which i think is the best bit rather than telling someone straight up because people hate being told like that they yeah. hate being told what they've seen or what they know or what they don't know. Uh, so it's it's a lot more fun for both people, I think, to be able to put those pieces together yourself and build that mystery. And the same thing happened. There was a whole, I, I don't know if you wish, there was this whole fan, uh, it was almost like a series that happened about whether Jury Villa was on one of my properties. Uh, <laughs> and it was just the funniest thing. And I just kept, kept teasing it. Like, I'd give a little bit of information. I didn't say yeah. anything. And I still haven't said yes or no. But it was 
yeah, just gold. I love just watching people put pieces together and uh, and make a story out of it. It's an absolute cracker. That's that's crazy. That's great. I didn't know that at all. But um, yeah, it's on my saying, Instagram. You'll have to watch it. <laughs> I'll have to go. I'll have to go back and watch it. it. It is funny to hear that. You know, I think the big thing for me now, obviously, you know, like I, I, I kind of doing the podcast thing. You kind of put yourself out there a little bit as well, where some people will agree with your opinion. Some people will say you're completely off. How can you shout for this person? Or you know, I had a lot of people commenting in the beginning when I said Mark's playing a good game. Now, why do you say that? You know, like Mark's not playing a good yeah. game. Where I was like, I don't know if we're watching the same show here, but you know, you're entitled to your opinion at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, and everyone uh, and- sees different things, especially if you haven't yeah. been on. The- show and you you're looking for different cues as to myself or anyone else that's been on there that i talk to i have a lot of chats with some of the other guys that have been on there uh yeah. in my season any past seasons and we all tend to see the same things that are going on because mm. we've been there and we know what we're looking at and we know what's going to be shown to us i can nearly recite the episode once i've seen the first 10 minutes of it i can really tell you what's going to happen at the end of it yeah because I know what I'm looking it's a at. Formula. Now. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. Every time. Yeah. Uh, and people that haven't been there, they don't yeah. know that formula. So they're, they're making their own assessments and they end up at a completely different conclusion to what we do. Not saying whether I'm right or they're wrong or they're wrong and I'm right. But uh, it's, it's yeah. just everyone comes to a different conclusion and everyone's entitled to their opinion, whether it's right, wrong, funny, or nasty sometimes you're entitled to your opinion and power to you hey as long as you're having fun with it we all love this show we love the franchise and that's why yeah. we're here it's put us all together now now while, while i've got you on and i know we're going a little bit off topic and i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it back to the actual season as well but you know obviously i made that little video of international survivors team australia you know i'm putting a little bit of hype out there um and trying to make this international crossover happen because it's something i really want to see you know yeah. i'm assuming you know you giving me stickers means that you're very interested in representing <laughs> australia if a season like that ever did make its uh, you know appearance yeah you know it was funny you put that out and it was actually Two days before that, I had yeah. an outlink chat with Chappies about exactly this. We had a yeah, yeah. good conversation back and forth and a, a bit of a phone conversation about it. And it was just so funny that, I, uh, that you put that up over two days later and there was such a laugh over it. I'd love to have a crack at something like that. It would be awesome to get to meet yeah. some of those other guys from different franchises and to know uh, how much different they are and whether those formulas are the same i think that's one of the uh, biggest things and then sandra along with a, a certain other unmentionable american that we don't <laughs> talk about uh, <laughs> two of the only people that would be able to tell us how much different american survivor is to australian survivor but uh well, well yeah, we've got I, very We've got very opposing um, opinions about it. Like the 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 American you you haven't mentioned. I think everybody knows who who they are. Um, that person didn't have a very good view of Australian Survivor. Has said a lot no. of bad things about the franchise. But then Sandra coming on, having outlasted that person again in another season, you know, which I think gives her even more bragging rights. She's really been fighting for Australian Survivor and putting it in a good light. Because to be honest, like listen, I I am like, and I know it's how can you say it? Like I actually do like that person as a as a character on Survivor. I think they bring us like you need the villains, you need the good guys, you you, you need and yeah. you know that type of yin and yang balance. Otherwise, the season is just boring, you know. So um, yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't even be opposed to 
that person coming out and proving why they can do better than Australia. But I've got a feeling they would struggle because the Australian Survivor is just the one thing about Australian Survivor. Listen, I'm South African born. I've lived in um, New Zealand for a long time now, but I'm not biased when it, like I love the franchise of African franchise, but the challenges don't, it does not stack up to Australian survival nah, challenges. And it's not, the same thing. Not even close. Ch- Chappies would do well. You know, obviously he was yeah. one of my favorites last season. I've spoken to him a few times as well. He would do well in the Australian environment because he's just an athlete, but it's still, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of um, US survivors, legends that would have come over and do a season like Australian survivor and would find it really difficult to would do. struggle. A hundred percent. I think a lot of them would, would struggle. It's it's a completely different ball game watching American Survivor compared to ours. The scale is just completely different. It's it's a whole nother level. And I, I think yeah. Sandra will be able to attest to that as to how much bigger it is. And again, I haven't been to see the American side of it, but from what you see on the edit, Matt, our scale is just phenomenal. I remember walking in to some of those challenges that I did, and especially some of the earlier ones when you first seen it. And you just walk in and you look up at the top of some of those challenges and you're like, this is nuts. The scale of this is just phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Like they're three, three and four story high structures that they've built in days or whatever. And we're expected to ch- to just tackle it sight unseen is just mental. mental. Yeah. And that's why I love it. Yeah, it's crazy. That's that's why I love it. You know, like I look at that and I'm like, man, I want to have a go at some of those obstacle courses because, you know, I do spider and obstacle course races normally when we can move around freely and I love doing that type of stuff. So, I mean, this is kind of right up my alley, but the problem is, you know, similar to someone like a Jesse who wins the immunity, the first immunity here, his brother, Jordy, they've been very dominant and and, and doing well in the challenges. I think that does create a big target when it comes to the individual portion of the game. And we find out that their strategy is to use the boys alliance only as a meat shield but then they want to cut them and move away from them i'm a little bit worried for geordie and jesse and, and i know we've touched on it because i don't know where they're moving to I, I don't see any other options for them and who they could work with outside of that boys alliance a hundred percent with those guys hearing that i just i don't know whether they were just saying it to say it or whether they're actually playing to because i think that the doing that and moving away from that alliance at this point it's suicide. It's just yeah. absolute suicide. Like, you're nuts. And I had this conversation multiple times in, in our season. Once when Haley came to me and Flick and uh, had this conversation with us about coming over to their alliance. And I sat there with Flick and we, we still had majority at that point. That was before Chelsea went home, uh, was medically evacuated. And I sat down with Flick for an hour and I'm like, I just said to her, look, <laughs> there's no way. We, we can't. As much as I would like to. We're dead. If we go over there and move away from our alliance, we're two people sitting there as cannon fodder. We're not in anywhere. We're at the bottom of theirs. We're gone from our alliance. Where do you go? Yeah. And and I was going to add, I I don't think there is anywhere for them to go outside of that alliance because Sam tried to, you know, get a resistance and she, or not Sam, more so Mel actually tried to get a few of these, um, which we would call quote unquote floaters sometimes in the game because they don't have like a a solid alliance that is opposing the boys alliance. She was trying to get a bunch of these girls together to vote against Josh here because Josh told Mel that it's going to be one of them, which again, rookie mistake, obviously to tell someone to their face, I'm going to vote you out because what if they've got an idol, you know, it's, it's yeah, not smart, exactly. but it basically shows he doesn't care and he's that he feels that comfortable in his position Brazen, in the game. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I think it's yeah. a crazy move. And then she tried to get a bunch of people together here, which is the girls, you know, to get Shay and Sam and KJ and all of those girls to work together. But clearly there's a bunch of them that don't trust each other, don't, don't, that don't want to work together. So there isn't really the, – the table, I feel like, for this merge, and if some of the fans are not going to enjoy this, I feel like it's pretty much been set. Like I don't know how many how much movement there is outside of the guys alliance who only seem to be the the real solid one that will stand together and try and keep together for the for the rest of the merge. Yeah, a hundred percent. With those guys uh, having such a strong alliance right now, it doesn't leave much room for anyone to move. And with the removal of Khan and now Mel, it's made the numbers on that side small enough that they, I don't think they can have a resurgence. I think that everyone on that side of the alliance is, is all but cooked. Uh, I think that their, their goose is cooked and uh, they're in trouble. Uh, and you've got to be so careful. Uh, when people know that they can get voted out, that is when, yeah. And we almost come unstuck multiple times on, uh, on brains 2.0 when we had Rachel and Georgia and Laura in that minority. Uh, yes. And we were such a strong majority with myself and Emmett, Kez, uh, Big D was there at the start, Cara and George, Cara especially being part of our alliance then, before they were really giving information over, uh, that we almost got uh, blasé about how we were doing it. It could have turned bad so easily. We threw them challenges because we were trying to look after Flick on the other side and uh, make sure that she didn't get voted out because we knew that we had the numbers to, to just keep rolling through ours that we just had the cannon fodder there to go. But, oh, it could have turned so bad so easily if there was actually an idol that, uh, that got found when yes. we got down to smaller numbers. <laughs> I could have been going a lot sooner. And I was gonna, I was gonna ask. I know it's we've kind of moved on from this a little bit, you know. But obviously, Jordy, he he gives a little bit of information away about the idol and that Mark's got an idol. But I did praise him for holding on to the information as long as he did. Now you're someone that yeah. um, also were in a position where you found out that someone got an idol, aka Simon, in your season. And um, how difficult is it when you get this kind of information and you see someone getting an idol to keep it to yourself and 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 sort of think of the best strategy or the move going forward? Like, is the because out there, I'm assuming you don't have much else to do but strategize and you know play the game. Is it a difficult thing? Because I thought Jordy did really well. Obviously, it's all coming you know loose at the seam now with him telling Josh and it's not going his way. But I thought he did well to hold on to that information until a point that he thought it could it could have gone either way. It could have worked in his favor. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, he had the option of trying to keep it to himself the whole time and possibly getting Mark to play it to help him or doing what I did where I was in a really strong alliance at that point in the game when Simon found that idol already with myself, Kez, Flick, Shannon, uh, Benny was still there at that point. Uh, and as well, well, Danny was even still in the alliance at that point, even though he was flipping and flopping. But uh, I seen it and it was almost immediate. I literally went and told Flick, Kez, Shannon straight away. I'm like, Simon found idol. Rap shit creek. I said this was going to happen yesterday, and it's happened. And I made it my whole life's goal to tell everyone, absolutely every person on that season knew that Simon had idols, except for Simon. Simon didn't realize that everyone knew that he had idols, but, uh, which I, I thought was played well. But it's 
it's that uh, option. You can play it either way. You can either try and use it to your advantage telling everyone or try and use it to your advantage by not telling anyone. It's one of those situational decisions that you have to make when you're there as to what you want to do with that idol. Do you want to flush it and get it out of the game or do you want to try and use it for yourself? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, again, it's a situational thing. It depends where you're sitting in those alliances as well. And I think that uh, Jordy obviously feel, uh, Jesse and Jordy obviously feel like where they are in the game, that they're not quite as safe sitting there with Mark, with the idol, especially now with Sam back as well. Yeah. Uh, that they can keep that and use that towards them. I think that they know that Mark isn't going to use it for them now, that they've merged and Sam's there. And they're like, how can we try and swing this around and leverage off this a bit now that we know that he won't play it for me? Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that because, you know, I was wondering for the longest period of time, Jordy and Jesse are both massive fans of the show. I think they're the level of fan that I am and have watched all the US shows and all the, the Australian Survivor shows. And sometimes when fans get out there and they they play the game, they just want to be remembered as big game players, big movers and shakers. Yeah. I feel like they probably are in a reasonably comfortable spot where they're at in the game currently. But and, and again, this is just how I'm seeing it via the edit. It looks like they want to make the moves for the sake of making it. And I think that it's really yeah. dangerous when you go into a season with a preempted plan. I am going to be this type of player because you don't know how things are going to play out when you're there you don't know the personalities you're going to have to deal with you know when you go out on the season and i'm wondering if this is a case of both of them you know having that weight on them as fans to make it an exciting season more so than playing the hand that they've been dealt definitely definitely and that is exactly what happened to Haley pre-merge uh on our season same thing Haley, massive fan of the game massive fan like myself or george uh, and she knew what she wanted to do when she went out there. She knew she wanted to walk out there and make those big moves, uh, but she went at it too early, and that's why she ended it up at redemption. Yeah. And it was cutting that line so close. If it had been one vote before or one vote later, she would have been gone home. But she played it so well when she came back and, and was able to wiggle her way in there uh, to be able to do it. And the same with George really early on went in there when he found that first uh, advantage. George was a massive fan of the game. He knew there was going to be an advantage there. Same as what Simon did on our tribe. And they went looking for it to be able to play it and make a big move straight up first vote. And I didn't want to do that compared to them. I wanted to, to, to sit back and play that number three, not one, or two, you want to be the next one down. You want at least two shields in front of you at any time. Yes. Uh, compared to stepping out and trying to make them big moves straight up. You want to be able to, to try and make big moves without anyone knowing that it was you. Not yeah. putting yourself out there. And if you're going out there for the sake of making big moves to make big moves, uh, it's a recipe for going home. <laughs> as far as I'm yeah. concerned. I agree, and I think that they, they're sort of finding themselves in a position where they potentially are doing that. Marcus just brought up, and I think you've just mentioned that, and I wasn't aware of this, he said, wasn't Simon also on the outs on day one due to the fact that he found the same advantage George found and that he wanted to use that at the first tribal to take six people out? I think you just alluded to that. That is yeah, the case. He 100%. Found advantage. And you guys all He knew found that. the same advantage, and we knew it. And that was basically what galvanized uh, my alliance right from the start, that we found out we knew that Simon had found that advantage and that was what we used 
to galvanise that he knows the game. He found the advantage. He's keeping it secret. We're taking him out. And we galvanised our whole alliance around that point and moved forward from there through the whole game on that one single moment right at the start of the game. Wow. And yeah, that's why you've got to be so, so careful. Yeah. Yeah, that shows you how quickly an alliance can be formed just against someone to galvanize, like you said. And um, I wanted to bring this up here. Jimmy is asking, Gerald, you'll have to attend the Hearts of Reality in Orlando one day. Contestants from Survivor, The Amazing Race, Big Brother, WWE wrestlers attend the three-day charity event. It is a lot of fun. Now, obviously, there's a lot of US people that have started watching um, Survivor Australia, Australian Survivor, I should say, on Paramount+. Plus. Um, firstly, would you ever want to go to Hearts of Reality? Are you aware of it? And then oh, secondly, how absolutely. From, from absolutely the US. i would i would jump at a chance to go to somewhere like that i think it was very uh disappointing not only for myself but for the fans as well the fact that there was all the covid lockdowns when our season mm -hmm. came out during our season and then from then on that we missed all of that fanfare and being able to connect with fans and whatnot because i as a woodchopper being able to go around to every single capital city especially uh while our season was going on August, September, yeah. October is Brisbane Royal, Adelaide, Melbourne, Perth. All of them are August, September, October, which was right as our season was finishing. And it would have been awesome to be able to get out and connect with so many fans. And all of it was just canned. So an opportunity like that to be able to attend somewhere like that and be able yeah. to connect with the fans that I didn't get to back then uh, would be an absolute awesome uh, experience to be able to have. <laughs> Chris Dixon says, instead of you being able to go to these live events, you only had him and your DMs talking to you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone asked who was slipping into my DMs. If anyone wants to know who slipped into my DMs, it was Chris. <laughs> Not this Chris, Chris Dixon, just so you guys know. No, I was no, casual. No, no, I was casual. No, no. I, I think I reached out I reached out to you in the beginning just to say good luck. And then, you know, the way I like to do it is I don't want to know too much or be a nuisance while the season's going on, but then rather reach out when the season's finished. But, you know, I know Chris is a, a very big fan and he does talk to a lot of survivors. So I'm not surprised by that. He's probably going to try and get you to go to one of the Perth events for survivor fans when he's got that back up and running. So Chris Dixon does uh, big live events in Perth every time there's a season uh, opener and also yep. when it's the last one and i think they've had quite a few like david gannat and luke toki has been on some of those events as well so obviously there's a lot of players probably that you haven't even been able to to meet in the bigger australian survivor fa uh, family because of the fact that traveling has been hard especially getting into wa yeah you know it's funny since yeah uh, because exactly that that traveling has been so hard up until now uh, i actually haven't got to see hardly anyone i got to see simon me and him went to lunch one day uh, as well as I got to see Jim. Well, I think it's a long, hard road back. <laughs> so I'm going to forgive me for all the uh, the grit that I threw at him throughout the season. But uh, yeah, and I managed to see Janelle and uh, and Maddie Dyson of uh, the older season in Australia. Absolute legend, poor old Matt. Uh, nice. But uh, other than that, if anyone's around on uh, Sunday. We're actually having a watch party at the Grand Hotel in Esk with uh, about half a dozen of this season's survivors, plus That's myself it. and hopefully Andrew Eucles. We've got uh, Dave and Brianna, uh, as well as Ben and Shay. I think Michelle's coming as well. It's going to be a cracker. 
Yeah, you can plug it anytime on here. Please go and, and check that out. You can plug the podcast with the current survivors if you don't mind at the same time and say that Chris guy is not too bad to go on and, and have a chat. With <laughs> the if he ever reaches out to you guys, you know, like I, I do normally slip into the DMs to try and see if I can get people to come in. But Australian survivors, I find it's a harder nut to crack and really get people to want to do these kind of things. Because again, like you said, it is a crazy fandom out there and they don't know how people are going to be or how they are going to be received if they do talk to fans out there. But, um, I've obviously been fortunate enough to have a few Australian survivors come on now. So I think slowly but surely they'll they'll start trusting the podcast a little bit more as well as we've had people like Dirty Harry, you know, Baden Gilbert, yeah. Pia Miranda, um, quite a few people. Pia was one of my favorite interviews, believe it or not, because her edit again, there were so many things that was just hidden and that Yeah, it was all left out. Season. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and, and she's an excellent winner, excellent person to talk to, such a nice lady. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of those guys that I've had uh, conversations with are, are awesome people. I, I haven't yeah. met a single bad person. There's a reason that everyone was cast on Survivor. Yeah, and even just being out there, it is such an awesome environment to be with. That it's somewhere that you can go when you get on Survivor. You end up out there with 24 other people that are amazing people. You can go your whole yeah. life with not meeting as many amazing people as what get cast there because everyone excels in their field at something. That's why they're there. And that's interesting. Yeah. There's nowhere else you can go to for that to happen. And you get put in that environment with nothing to talk about, but yourself and them and to get to know them on a, a personal level. And it's an absolutely awesome space to be in. Yeah, Khan alluded to it, you know, like Khan spoke about that, I think a couple of episodes ago, where he got quite emotional and he said like, in his everyday life, he can't find people that he's grown as close to as he did out on Survivor. And I think ultimately it costed him his game because he trusted, like, obviously you, it's probably yeah. so hard to differentiate between like, listen, mate, this is a game afterwards, we're going to be able to go sit down and have some drinks and talk about it. But in the game, I need to have my game face on. And I think that people get the lines blurred mm -hmm. because like you said, everybody's charismatic, everybody is successful in life and they people that you want to be associated with so and you're struggling with these people you're lying out there in the dirt and the cold keeping each other warm it's like a boot camp army type of experience you grow close very quickly out there a hundred percent and even uh with the people who aren't on your alliance uh like i i got really emotional uh when i went to jury villa uh, the next mm. day and a few days afterwards it was really tough hey being away from those people I, I think I've made closer connections with the people on our season uh, than what I've made with people I've been friends with for 10 years. You wow. go out there and there's no phones, there's no distractions, there's no going home at the end of the night. There's nothing. You're just there with you and them, the game, and nothing else. Uh, and it's just living and getting to know each other. Uh, and there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. The, the emotions and feelings of raw and everyone has struggles and you get to know that and everyone helps everyone through everything. There were so many people in every on our season that at different points in the game, their struggles would come to the forefront and you'd get to know why someone was there, why they were fighting to keep going, why they were struggling to keep going. And it really moved you. And, it's just real pressure cooker of an environment that there was a lot of flack uh, on our season when they brought out the family photos on day six uh, yeah. when, when we had, when we won that reward challenge at Braun 
and hands up yeah we I, were I, all... even i i just want to say hands up even me i was like wow day six this is so early why are they doing it already like me as a fan because obviously i don't get it i'm not yeah. actually struggling like you did you know? yeah and, and you know i'm not a really emotional person normally yeah. uh, i usually keep everything uh in check and i'm very cool-headed and, and straight down the line and we all just broke down every single one of us were crying i guess like kids or like adults i guess um that mm. you don't normally see that in real life anymore because those connections and that pressure cooker isn't there and i guess you kind of understand what it was like back 20 30 40 years ago or more going away from your family and going away mm. to wherever it was whether it was moving to a foreign country to start a new life whether it was going to war, whatever it was, being away from those people that you love uh, and not even being able to contact them if you want to. That is the hardest part. And they rolled out those photos and we're there with the people that are now our support group that we've only known for six days. And it felt like we'd known each other for 20 years. We, we were just one big family and everyone was supporting everyone. And it is a really sobering moment to know that people can have connections like that in that short of amount of time under the right circumstances. And, and you know, this is, I know it's, it's survivor related. It's not necessarily this week's recap, but it's such a valuable conversation because I think this is the side of it that fans don't always appreciate, you know, when it comes to, you know, people saying, and myself included, like, why did George only get two votes? Why didn't he get a few more? Well, you know, betrayal out there is kind of going to cut a lot deeper than what it's going to cut in real yeah. life. You know, I don't know if you watched All-Stars of the original Survivor when Lex and Boston Rob and Lex ended up going very hard on Boston Rob for betraying him. And, you know, they had a real life friendship out of the game going in and then they played the game in All-Stars and he betrayed him. I think the betrayal in, in a game of such a Survivor, it's like, yes, we might think that certain people are overreacting watching the show, but we're not there for the amount of time that you're sleeping next to this person or struggling with them out there. So I think it does cut differently for, for someone that's out there and it's harder to appreciate. You don't know what's happened on the edit and that certain people had a plan with what they did and, and, and in their mind that might be their best move. It is really just the little environment or the ecosystem that you've created for yourself there that matters when you're in the game. And that's really what ultimately, that's why every jury's vote at the end should be respected because it is a microcosm of what happened in that season. Absolutely. And it's really interesting uh, being, a watch, being able to sit back and watch the, uh, the fan breakdown on exactly that on them jury votes and on mm. how they think the people are looking at a situation because uh, as far as i know 99.9 .9 of the time it is not what it looks like on the surface when you're out there especially as being on the jury and injury filler uh on my season uh as a fan and as someone who'd watched the game and i tried to analyze everything i also i, I had those feelings the whole time you get those personal relationships broken and, and stuff as well and, and they hurt but uh, I tried to put that aside as much as possible and, and use a uh, a valid system of, of picking a winner or someone that I thought was moving ahead and, and playing the game better but mm. every single person that was on the jury had their own reason for voting the way they did and they saw different things uh, to have different weight than mm. what everyone else did. And it's really interesting that 
what has the most weight isn't necessarily the big moves we see on TV. People think that voting you out is like you hear that all the time. Someone voted you out, so you sour on them. But I can tell you from all the other people that were in jury and listening to what they said uh, on my season, being voted out was not a reason at all that someone dislikes someone else or anything because everyone knows and respects the game as the game and for what it is. It was the more personal stuff that they sort of looked at in, in that way when it wasn't challenges or, or the big moves. The personal stuff had a lot of weight, and that was what we classified as gameplay and the social game mm. was the smaller lies that people would tell that didn't actually have much meaning or weight that you would find out later, stuff that was completely arbitrary in the, in the grand scheme of things. But they mean a lot to people, and I think it really speaks to real life. And it's, mm. as we said, amplified out there that those small things, those little, whether it's white lies or whatever, when you find them out, they can be more damaging than a massive one uh, because they're the stuff that doesn't matter that why did you need to lie about that because it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. That makes it feel like you it's question everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like yeah. Exactly. It's interesting you mention it because I think that also season from season, like what mattered in your season at the final jury might not matter this season or the season after no. that because the people change, right? So that's why sometimes you see different game styles and different people playing differently, um, you know, win the seasons that they play in. Because again, you've got to adapt and part of being a great player is adapting to the people around you and being able to read what they value as you get to the end. And I think... In my mind, that is why, you know, I, I, I've said it a few times quite boldly. I, I know absolutely nothing of this season. I don't like to be spoiled. I was very wrong last season reading the edit because I thought, um, like for the longest period of time, I thought George is not going to get to the merge, all right? And then he got to the merge and I was like, holy crap, is he going to win this? And then I started thinking he was going to win it because he just kept going. But then also I saw Haley as a threat, you know, and I saw her as a threat from the beginning. But you don't always get these things right. But this season, I do feel like Mark has got that respect from his tribe mates. There's little yeah. things that's being hinted where, you know, when Alex, I think it was Alex wanted to go home and everybody's looking at Mark for approval. Do we send him yeah. home? And Mark is like seen as this leader figure that's like silent, but not imposing his will on people. And I think Josh is more of the forefront leader in strategy and pushing, but that is a great strategy for Mark because he's got a shield in front of him that will be taken out before he is taken out. And then when he gets to the end, he potentially will have all the respect, you know, and that's why I know some people think Sam's going to win. Sam will have to change some things up for me to be able to be in that position. And then there's a whole bunch of other players we haven't even spoken about tonight, Gerald. Like I, I do want there you is. as just before we sort of close off um, here, I don't want to take too much of your time. I want you to touch base on some of the players we haven't spoken about who else has impressed you between the likes of Shay, KJ, Chrissy, um, any of those players that we haven't spoken about tonight. Yeah. Look, uh, Shay as an absolute physical beast is killing it. She is out there playing her absolute heart out in, in this game. Mm. Uh, and phenomenal job. I, th I think she's ended up on the wrong side of the cards, though, which is unfortunate. Uh, and her being such a physical beast, uh, like Haley, she's very similar in mm. her stature and, and the way she plays to what Haley was. But I don't think she has quite the uh, game know-how that Haley did, being a massive, massive fan 
Haley knew the game inside out, and I think that really helped her. But uh, I, Chris is funny. She's come into this game as someone that didn't know anything about the game, supposedly having not watched a season. Uh, and she's ended up in a position where she's had to take that step back. Once Croc left and she didn't know that uh, that she had that backup and had that uh, other person there that could push a point or that could help her fight the battle. She's had to sit back and, and try and play more of a middle-of-the-pack uh, approach and realise that she couldn't be quite as vocal because she might be in a lot of strife if she does. But uh, so I think she's really adapted to her position and the game really well for not knowing anything about it going in. Uh, also, I, I think Michelle and Mel were uh, people that have been sitting there. They weren't really on the outer quite as much as, as what people sort of think they were. And that I don't think they were quite as much at the bottom as what people think they were a lot of the time. Uh, I think they sort of sat back and uh, assessed what was happening around them and tried to fit in somewhere in the middle of the pack on, on most of them votes. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they played a really good position so far through the game. It's just a shame that uh, the numbers, again, in Sam's uh, alliance after Calm went home didn't end up on their side, which has sent Mel home. And I think it'll, uh, in the end, I think it'll have the same outcome from Michelle, sadly. But, yeah, it's uh, interesting you mentioned that. I'm wondering if Michelle is is kind of helped by the fact that Mel is voted out in this first spot here because Michelle does have um, a bit of a relationship with Sam. It might be someone where Sam will say, listen, she's not a, she's not a physical threat. She's not going to win any immunities in the near term. Let's target some other people outside of this. I think Michelle, uh, Sam's got a, a little bit of an eye on KJ and KJ is guilty by association because yeah. she's Sophie's sister. Um, Sam seems to still think that KJ will want to turn against her at some point. So it'll be interesting to see how some of these outer players, but I'm finding it very hard to read what they're doing out there what i feel like the edit has been a little bit lopsided yeah. in regards to some of these minor players where we just don't get enough to have a full understanding of what their gameplay has been a hundred percent it's really hard being able to even pinpoint where they're sitting in their alliances or in the tribe at some points and you don't even know if they've been having conversations with uh the other alliance because we just don't see enough you see one confessional every two or three episodes uh and you see some background footage of them behind someone else that's talking or during a challenge, which is really tough to be able to read and, and make an assessment. And that's what I said after our season when I was trying to assess our season and everyone asked me about pre-seasons, uh, pre-our season. And it was really hard because I had a biased opinion of them from watching them in the past. Yeah. And then I was trying to make an assessment on them after knowing what I knew and I didn't want to talk about them because I realized how much we didn't see. And it's the same on this season, but I guess uh, I'm sort of a little bit more happy to talk about this season because I didn't have a preconceived notion. I went in knowing what I know about being there and being able to fill in those gaps myself. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I think it's. I think there's a, a few interesting things that can happen moving forward here. I'm still very um, invested, especially in the next on uh, Survivor. They kind of hinted at a potentially Jordy Jesse blindside that could happen, and uh, I know that Australian Survivor that they, they're sometimes a little bit guilty giving fans too much information, especially the super fans out there can put two and two together. But they said said that it's going to be a very big move, one of the biggest moves that's going to happen yeah. this weekend. You know, so I'm sort oh. of wondering if it's a, a Josh or a Jordy or Jesse, uh, those are the three that I feel like if they were going to make a strike, but I, but then again, that's against, that's against anything that Mark should be pushing for at this stage. That's exactly right. I don't know whether it's going to be them or the other one that I've been thinking about over the last day or two is whether it could even be Mark going to make a move against Sam because wow. she's still sitting on that other alliance uh, as well. And she's got those names there. And those other guys are going to be looking at Mark and being like, why are you colluding with the other side all the time? When she's still hanging around, she was hanging around with Khan. She's hanging around with Mel. She's hanging around with Michelle. She's still talking to KJ. Yeah. Why, why are you there? You're, you're going to be the weakest link. Mark, show us why you should be still on our alliance. Uh, and, We'll wow. see. It's all speculation. <laughs> if, Mark thinks, if Mark thinks he was hated this week on Twitter, watch watch him vote his wife oh, and, and, oh, and the yeah. amount of fan hate that's going to come. Prepare for the chaos, yeah. Um, but he, you he know what I was devastated of... about this week was the yeah. fact that there was only two episodes. That was yes. a kick in the teeth. Yeah, it was a blindside. I didn't realize you know, until it, I went it into was. the second episode. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize until I got to 8 o'clock and the episode yeah. hadn't started. I'm sitting there watching whatever the God knows that was. <laughs> yeah. The Survivor producers strike again, Gerald. They, they're giving you more. I, it more. was like, it was like our season finale. What a blind yeah. side. We'd all booked accommodation to have a finale party. And then they announced that it wasn't going to be till the next week. And everyone's yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah, uh, it's it's hilarious. Uh, well, I guess it's not hilarious that we're only seeing two episodes. It's, it's going to drag on for a little bit longer now as well. I was hoping to yeah. get through this, but we will have an overlap for quite a bit between Survivor 42 and then obviously Australian Survivor Survivor 42 yeah, starts next week as well. Are you going to be watching that? Absolutely. That's something we haven't talked about is Survivor 42. That's going to be interesting. And the fact that they haven't got a Ponderosa. What the hell? Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't know how they... How they're doing that? Like, um, I haven't read about the Ponderosa. So they're saying after, so there's no jury villa Ponderosa at all. In no, like, none. They, they apparently, well, allegedly, the, the talk around it is that there was a a lot of trouble with trouble, quote unquote, with filming and Ponderosa in general. So they've just annexed it altogether. Yeah. So Chris Dixon saying, "Oh bleep, I hadn't heard about that, but yet." So uh, it seems like that's a little bit of information. Look it up. Given us that, Watch yeah, this space. I'm sure it's out. You know, I'm little, sure it's out there. So go check out Inside Survivor. A little sure tidbit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure on Inside Survivor, that's where they'll be spilling the beans. They've just spilled the beans on the potential cast for Survivor Second Chance season as well, and who potentially is going to be in that season. That should be exciting as well. I don't know if you noticed that at all, Gerald. Yeah, the yeah the South African one. I was uh, looking at that today. You know. For someone that apparently doesn't watch the game and didn't know anything going into our season, according to the fans, uh, I must uh, look at a bit more. Hey, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's interesting following all of these different shows. But, you know, I've, I've had a lot of fun here talking to you about this season, and I'd be more than uh, interested to have you back at some point. You know, uh, any fan casting in the future, uh, your name will be up there now as one of the first. I'll hey, look at <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble from the woodchopper, especially a man who knows how to swing an axe. <laughs> Speaking of accent, we had to sit back and watch Croc uh, and Mark try and tackle that uh, woodchopping challenge. Did you see? Uh, I saw I, that. Yeah. What, what did you? I had them? some good sledging towards those guys. I tell you, there was a good few days of sledging went on <laughs> I there. I can imagine. I can <laughs> imagine. Yeah. So I so offered them some free lessons, so we might even see that a uh, a woodchopping second chance episode, maybe. Yeah, it, is a, it was a shout out to you. You know what? That challenge where they did the wood chopping in your season was one of the best challenges I've seen in Survivor, even up to date, because I like the fact that it had you have to choose either doing the wood chopping or doing the puzzle. And like, yeah. I want to see more of that creativity in future Survivor seasons where you get two options. Because so, one of the things I slammed your season about it was brains versus brawn, but it was really brawn challenges for like 90% of the season. Well, that's, what, that's what everyone said, but. You know, I went through and, and I was counting them up because I was watching, of course, the, the fan interaction the whole yeah. way through our season. And everyone's like, oh, it's another Braun challenge. And the same with the first one. Oh, it was completely Braun-based. I'm like, there was a puzzle there and no one did it. Well, they did it and failed, so they tried to the woodshop and it didn't really go well. But uh, it was there and they didn't do it. So that's not Braun-based. And, you know, there was a lot of that mixing and matching of, of puzzles and uh, like physical challenges together and I, mm. I liked that uh, there was a lot of them and as we've seen the ones that had the puzzles at the start uh, if someone didn't quite get that puzzle right it was just a one-sided race eh? like it was yeah. just, there was no competition at all yeah. yeah, very. So, I mean, listen, we're, we're critical about the small stuff. The, the one thing I, I guess I didn't bring up yet, which would be interesting to, to get your um, feedback on before we close off here, is, um, you know, I feel like there's been less twists this season so far compared to your season. Your season had a couple yeah. of very crazy twists that I wasn't a fan of necessarily. I sometimes feel like mm -hmm. you, you bring too much of a luck element and take the skill out of the game for some of these twists. Um, you know, obviously, I don't want to talk too soon. There's still quite a bit of this post-merge section available, but we haven't seen... Uh, three players win an immunity and and solely decide who goes home yet, which was one of the ones. I think that might have been the twist I hated the most last season, that three players had all the power to vote in a certain direction. Because if you're just the wrong person and you fall outside of those numbers, you're yeah. gone and it wouldn't have been your fault. Your skill, you might have been the top player in your alliance, but your alliance just didn't have two out of three people there that could vote and, and people would take you out. Um, what is your view on the way that they've balanced this season out when it comes to twists and idols and things like that? I felt like it's been a little bit uh, sort of tamed down a little bit. It's not as, as much. Yeah, so I, I think a lot of the... Uh, so this might be delving into production side more than what most people would know, but a lot of our season's twists, I believe, revolved around people's injuries. The first big twist uh, where we ended up uh, having to vote between Shannon or Laura... Uh, and it was could have gone to a fire challenge, was right around Georgia having her injury and her having 24 hours out of the game. Uh, then the next big twist after that was right around Chelsea going home uh, and the same, uh, the, the twist where someone had to stay with the urns. Again, right around Chelsea going home, 
We had to try and make up time to stretch out the days to make it 48 days. They had to save someone somewhere, somehow. Uh, and I think a lot of those probably wouldn't have been planned in the season if the injuries didn't happen the way they did and at the time that they did. Uh, mm. Like Chelsea, Chelsea going home when she did, as we now know, was right at redemption time. And that's why redemption was why it was and when it was, uh, I believe, because we had to take uh, that uh, that period of time for backup. If Chelsea did go home, they needed to be able to bring someone back into the game to make up for Chelsea going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when we were out there, we could read that. Like I preempted the redemption twist because I, I said to me and George and Flick uh, had this conversation multiple times that if Chelsea goes home, there's not enough people left for jury. Someone has to come home. So if they're going to come back, because that was after we'd already voted out Baden, if yeah. they're going to come back, it's got to be redemption or, or some other twist like that. Uh, yeah. And I think that's why a lot of those twists did happen. I think it gave a, a skewed view on what the producers were trying to do. I, I think they were trying to keep the game as normal as they could under the circumstances that were outside their control. It's interesting you mentioned that because, um, you know, Marcus that, that say here, you know, um, still a lot of idols, but less stupid twists. So I think that a lot of fans don't like some of the twists that were brought in. Um, I, I kind of, you know, would have well, thought that see, maybe... it's the idols are, are funny because I, I also seen this on our season. Yeah. Everyone's saying that there's too many idols. I, I believe that there's only ever about three idols at, at once in play ever. Right. Yeah. And most of the time there's only two, usually one aside. And then we had an extra one that was the one that was at the challenge, uh, which Haley got. And there was mm. three because Simon had two at that point. And you know, I spent a week or so looking for an idol back at Brains 2.0 and couldn't find one. And I searched high I literally, me and Emmett and Kez, grid searched the whole of Brains trying to find one. And we couldn't yeah. find one. And everyone is saying, that took us a week. And everyone's saying, oh, there's too many. They're everywhere. But they're not. They're only there when they get played. And then they're put back into the game. And if someone's looking, someone's going to find it. But if they're not there to find because someone's already got it, it's not there. And we only see uh, what we see on the edit. We don't see everything else that's happening. They look yeah. like they're falling out of the sky, but it's only because we're watching a one-hour episode on TV. I agree. I agree. And it's funny because you always get the fans asking, why is it that only, why are only certain players finding the idols? Why are they only showing some players looking for it? Why are other people not looking for it? But obviously everybody's and, looking for it at all times. I, I love, I love the, uh, the comments from the fans that are always like, oh, they're planting them for, uh, for certain people yeah. to find. They're telling them where they are. You know, it seems like that, but it's, it, it looks kind of funny on the edit because you can go and search for an idol, right? But mm. the rules around Survivor, again, this is production tool, if it didn't happen on camera, it never happened. So if you go searching by yourself, which you can do, you're not allowed to go away with more than, well, you're not allowed to go away with more than just yourself without a camera crew. Uh, but if you go away by yourself and you find an idol without a camera crew, you have to come back and get a camera crew to follow you, give them a bit of a wink, and they'll follow you 
uh, out to find the idol. So you already know where it is. And that's why it looks like a stitch up on TV sometimes. Because you'll yeah. go out and you're walking around the bush like, oh, huh, fancy that. There's an idol. But you'd already found it 20 minutes before. You had to go and get a camera crew. Because if yeah. you don't find a camera, it never happened. Yeah, I've, I've heard from some survivors of Africa players who have found idols that that's happened with them in their season where they found the idol, where they had to go get a camera crew afterwards. Because obviously, unlike the US, there's less camera crew compared to probably how many they've got per person that can follow people around because there's different budgets yeah, and, being used as well. So, Well, especially at the start of, uh, of the season where you've got two complete tribes, like in our season, two complete tribes mm. of 12 people uh, that are completely separated. So you've got just a ridiculous amount of crew that are floating around everywhere. There might be six camera crews per tribe, but if there's four, like four groups of people talking with mm -hmm. one or two in each and, and then one group of three or four that's got two camera crews on it, well, that doesn't leave many for you to go and look for an idol, even though there's a massive amount of people there, which you've got a, a camera guy, a soundie, a producer, for every one of those cameras, there's a massive amount of people there trying to film that. But you can only have so many people there on a certain amount of area before it's just ridiculous and every shot ends up with camera crews in it, you know? Uh, yeah. But when you get later into the game and the merge, when all those uh, resources is consolidating, that's when it sort of uh, changes a bit and it doesn't look quite as funny. You don't get those anywhere near as many of them Franken bites uh, put together, yeah. uh, confessionals or chats between players uh, and, and alliances and stuff because they can get that information a lot better and capture it in a lot better ways because it's consolidated. They, they've got the resources to be able to do it. Now, one of the questions here for, for you, you know, you mentioned that they brought some of these twists in potentially because some players got a medieval act and they needed a certain amount of people at the end to to vote in the jury or to make it an unequal number so there couldn't be a tie, for instance, um, especially when you've only got two people in the finale. I know Australian Survivor have tried to do a final three. I think even your season, there was people that said that 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 the original plan was to have a final three, but then medivacs happened, so they had to change the structure of what that would look like. You know, a few things they could potentially do is like a final three to help out in those situations where they need to, or, you know, we've had in the past where people could vote out an additional jury member, which I'm not a fan of at all. I don't I don't never want to see yeah. a player get to the jury, spend that time there and being told to leave. Again, voting that again? Yeah. Because that happened that's in South rough. Africa in the last season I yeah. hated it. But I, <laughs> yeah, I had a chat with... I had a chat with Leroux Boita, who's the executive producer for them. And I said, like, listen, my channel's name is The Nullifier Take for a reason. Obviously, The Nullifier exists within Survivor, um, you know, the Survivor meta. I guess when it comes to Survivor, why not have a, a Nullifier at the end where you get an advantage going in somewhere if you win a challenge where you can nullify a juror's vote, but at least they still make it to the end. So they're still a part of the whole experience of being there to balance the numbers out. I, what do you think of that? You know, if you had to choose between completely getting removed from a jury or having a twist that's like a nullifier at the final tribal council um you know do you think that would be palatable or as a juror member that has been there like how yeah i mean i, I assume you feel like you've earned that vote you've gotten there till the end you know yeah a hundred percent i guess it's like any other twist is going to be uh proponents for it and objectors against it no matter what but uh that would be interesting because you'd have to have whoever was in that final two or three vote for who they thought was going to vote against them. So they've got to try and work out how, how you're going to vote. They've got to try and work that out. So again, it depends how good they are at 
reading the room uh, mm. and reading people's body language. And uh, I think that would be an interesting thing. But in the right, in the right hands, I think it would be a really powerful tool. But mm. in the wrong hands, I think it could be just completely pointless and chaos. You know, it's it's yeah. one of those things that it could be really good for the franchise or really bad and look really stupid, you know? Yeah. yeah go either fair. way. That's fair. And Australian Survivor is not afraid of taking risks when it comes to these kinds of twists and things like that. So I'm just no. putting another one out there. <laughs> if we could avoid Redemption Rock, because I'm not a fan of any getting voted out, getting back in the game. I'm I'm not a fan of having to hang on those poles. I, I don't ever want to have to end up on one of those at 120 kilos, I can tell you. That's not something I would look forward to. Look painful. Definitely look painful. Listen, Gerald, <laughs> it's so fun to talk to you. Um, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to jump on, you know, deal with all the technical difficulties you had and get sorted. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I helped you a little bit there with your training regime running up and down to get onto this <laughs> podcast. But, you know, it's been so fun. Like, I would definitely more than be happy to have you back talk about one of the other seasons as well. I've had the opportunity of having Jacques Berger from the South African franchise talk about the Australian franchise before. It'll be pretty yep. interesting. Maybe when South Africa comes up, I'll get you or someone one of the australian survivors to talk about the south african franchise and we can continue to promote this crossover that we want to see between the franchises yeah in the future, that'd, that'd be awesome be fun. yeah um, that'd also, be awesome having the south africans have to try and uh, make sense of my <laughs> accent that would be absolutely awesome <laughs> yeah, I think I think they'll be fine. I think they'll they'll understand. It's funny because you know the one player that you reminded me the most of when you were playing, and I made th- I was the only one who made this comparison because mo- most people said no, you're like the um, Johnny Johnny Isto, you know, from, Johnny from, Isto. <laughs> you're like you're like that, you're that character. Yeah. I was like, no, I think I think you're you're the young version of Tom, you know, for Survivor yeah. Africa with the big white uh-huh. hat. Like, obviously, he was in the farmer as well. You know, I was like, yeah, uh-huh. you're like the Australian Tom, you know. Um, I forgot his last name, but who played in Survivor Africa. So <laughs> uh, I really do hope you get that opportunity to come back, you know, and, 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 and play again. I think you were a very unique personality on the show we've never had a gerald like on because some people said you know who do you compare to for this season i think you are your own character which in itself hopefully will stand you in good stead when they start looking at an all-stars two season maybe in a couple of seasons from now so i'll have my fingers crossed a hundred percent and you know it'll be really interesting being able to go on an all-star season so because it'd give me a lot more reign to be able to play the game a lot differently uh i went into our season and once I got there, knowing that no one else had played uh, and trying to read that room like we talked about and really play yeah. the middle and and keep in really good stead, not tell those lies. Like I kept saying out there, I want to be able to drop those truth bombs and yeah. use the truth as my biggest weapon. And that helped me keep everyone on side. But going into an all-star season where you know that other people know what's going on, well, different, different kettle of fish. That's a whole different kettle of fish. Uh, well, what I'll say is get Nina on speed dial. You know she's the first one on the list. JLP's already said she's coming back, so everybody will probably yeah. approach her for a we need to We need to make sure she goes down on the slide before the season to make sure I get on. <laughs> <laughs> That's evil, yeah, but for sure. Peter, if you're listening, I didn't push you. Gerald really I appreciate it Um, if you want to plug where that event's going to happen once more for fans that are listening and want to go yeah guys if any if any fans do want to turn up where this Sunday uh, we're going to be at the Grand Hotel in Esk in Queensland from 6pm there's going to be myself and a whole bunch of players from this season 
plus hopefully Andrew Uckles as well off our season. So it's going to be a crack of night. Watch Sunday's episode and uh, just have a general laugh. That would be my shout. The milks are on me. So if anyone wants to come and have one, feel free. Oh man, definitely. I wish I was there. Like when, when this quarantine stuff gets you know sorted, we'll definitely catch up one day. I don't know if you, I know you drink milk. I don't know if you're a man that drinks beers or anything, but I'll get you some milk or beer, whatever you want one day. <laughs> we'll finally get to meet in person. That'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll have a drink. You'll have a nice stiff cold milk. um just before we go yeah guys please remember to subscribe and like this video if you like the content we're steadily moving to our next goal of 500 subscribers and when we get there um i've got this beautiful merge buff of well i've um, got one of them yeah there we go well you've got the real (laughs) one i've got one that's still got the tags on so you know and we're going to make that one available to, to one of the listeners when we get to 500 subs so continue to support and like this podcast guys and we'll catch you next time Bye. Have a good one.